This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Man Cave. Yes, sir, everybody. The piney woods of North Central Florida, God's country, Melton Law Studio, the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida. Fighting Gators, protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention and supported by all the great sponsors you see scrolling from time to time across the screen. On the spot cleaners, Julio uh, Locasio, Allstate Insurance, homegrown girl, everything, retirement, auto, the whole bit. And of course, uh, Poser MD and some others. I'm going to get into that show right now. Uh, but... Um, Thursdays, the last Thursdays of the month, have traditionally become, for the Ward Scott Files, the Dance Alive National Ballet. For a long time, it was the best kept secret in this community. I think it's busted out of the seams and people know about it now. And uh, they should. Tremendous number of talented people come to this community from all over the world to participate in this ballet company. This morning, we got Susan Scanella with us, who is going to explain to her, to explain to you all her role and I don't know, it's multifaceted. She can do anything. And she's been a great asset to the company since she's joined it. I've lost track of time, uh, what she's been doing, but I know it's important. She's going to bring us up to date on what she's been doing and where the ballet company is going and what's going on very soon. Well, we'll let her tell you that. Susan, welcome to Ward Scott Files. Thank you, and good morning. And good morning, everyone that's listening. Um Thrilled to be here. Uh, mostly my focus is on Swan Lake, which is tomorrow night. Um, but I am the executive director now of Dance Alive National Ballet. And um, absolutely a uh, support role is how I see it for uh, the founders, Judy and Skinner uh-huh. and Kim Tuttle. And um, the biggest, most exciting thing uh, we have in our very near future is building a new home. And um, we will have much more information coming out um, about that as we kind of roll out of our quiet capital campaign phase into a more um, exciting kind of, uh, you know, launch of uh, letting the world know what's up. But we do have on our website some information and uh, we're we're very excited about finally having all of our operations under one roof, which will allow us to, you know, function efficiently. Um, and also it's a true effort to be able to serve the community as a um, arts center. And it will have um, dance studios, multiple dance studios, three, um, three music rooms, an art gallery, a black box theater. And so that's, uh, what we are looking for in the very near future uh, as our growth. And we are in our 58th season, which is just amazing. 
um, Pope Paul Studios is actually in its 68th year. So, uh, you know, uh, the world of dance here in Gainesville has been the fabric of the community for, for that long and continues to grow and just um, really be, as you said, it's a gem of the uh, cultural arts here in Gainesville. And to have a professional ballet company here that um, has survived that long. The arts often uh, are kind of on a a year-to-year lifeline um, as every year we have to go out and reach out to our wonderful uh, corporate and individual donors who who really are are the lifeline that keep us going. So we certainly appreciate the Gainesville community um, and beyond. Um, We have even some of our dancers that live in Ocala uh, that drive up. Um, In this particular production, we do have some dancers we're bringing in that uh, want to perform with us. And we're given the opportunity um, from Tampa and the Jacksonville area. So, and then we have an amazing, so I want to segue into Swan Lake, but um, uh, in a moment, but just to wrap up what I'm doing, uh, I am a POFAL legacy. So I (laughs) try Mary Ellen Popal and uh, Judy and Kim, her daughters, and they have, you know, carried the torch forward and it just continues um, to be amazing. It's definitely the place, the studio to go to, to get your pure classical training, as well as um, all of the dance arts. So, uh, and the, the collaborative spirit that Dance Alive brings to its performances really is, I think, what um, makes it so special with various artists in the community, whether it's set design, lighting design, um, costuming, um, and and, uh, composers as well, and even live music performances that are incorporated uh, with our our dance productions. So um, whenever Dance Alive is performing, I would say it's, it's definitely not to be missed. So... And with that, I'd like to segue to Swan Lake. Well, Swan Lake is a repeat. I can tell you, uh, the the listeners and viewers, that by popular demand, really, not only from the community, but from us, because it's just so spectacular. From costuming to precision to numbers of people involved on the dance uh, stage at the same time, it's quite a production. And it deserves to be repeated, but you can't do it on back-to-back nights. It's just got too much demand of energy and expertise and training. So it's a one-night performance for those of you who are thinking of going. Usually it sells out. I think it sold out last time, didn't it, Susan? It was very, very close to being a sellout. I mean, yeah, the entire floor seating of the Phillips Center where we perform, um, this ballet was was full and up into the the mezzanine area. So it's not to be missed. It's one night only. Um, definitely buy tickets if you don't have them already. And and they certainly will be available up until the um, curtain time. And um, that information, the box office at the University of Florida at the theater is open today, noon to six. And then tomorrow will be open noon up until um, curtain and they may even sell tickets through the first act. I, I'm not really sure how that goes, but um, they're also available. You you may go to our website, dancealive.org, and then you'll click on the buy tickets. Now it will link you to the directly to the University of Florida box office, or you may go to their website, which is performingarts.ufl.edu, 
Um, ticket pricing is 35 to 65 with student and senior pricing available. So it's, it's very affordable for an absolutely stunning, breathtaking production. And get ready because it takes a while to perform it. I think there are two intermissions, are there not? Um, there are, uh, let's see, it's a four act ballet. Yeah. Um, I believe between act one and two, it's just a brief, brief blackout. It's a set change that happens as quickly as, as the, they can. And then, um, between acts two and three and three and four, there's an intermission, but it is a complete four act ballet. Um, it's just, you know, stunningly beautiful. Um, you're going to see over, I was trying to somewhat do a head count, um, over 30 dancers on stage. Um, and I do think, uh, I think one of the most, uh, famous scenes is, uh, when, uh, Odette joins the swans and they all dance together and they're on stage and it's just the precision, uh, the unison that it takes to, um, you know, perform that particular uh, dance, it, it is stunning. It's breathtaking. And the dancers have worked very, very hard. It takes a lot of rehearsal hours to um, just, you know, not only dance the steps, but it's the unison element that makes it challenging. And it's well, you definitely- must dance with Pofall Studios, right? I did. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do this performance? Um, I did not. I've never danced Swan Lake. But we, uh, in our summer training, we often would have to learn um, little uh, variations, solos, and parts of famous ballets. And I remember having to learn the four, we called it Four Little Swans, um, which is the... uh, I love Four Little Swans. Four ladies next to each other, right? Right. And that occurs in Act Two. Oh, Um, man, that's fantastic. It looks simple. It is one of their, their hands are linked. It can't be simple. It, it really is challenging. And that was fun to learn in, in a summer session that I, I, so I always appreciate that. Um, and then of course, uh, let's see, I have to give kudos to, uh, Carla Amancio, our principal dancer who will be playing the dual role of Odette Odile and that the black swan, white swan. And I will tell you having watched, um, other, you know, Swan Lake performances that I've, I've had a chance. One of the, uh, I think most difficult, well, it appears most difficult, but it is, uh, she, when she's the black swan, um, one of the highlights of her solo are the 32 fuertes, which are turns on one leg where the other leg whips around. And I've been in a performance in a theater where you can literally hear like the younger dancers counting one. Two, three, wow. whips around, and then, and then they, you know, it just builds, and the whole audience, they start applauding always before she, the ballerina, you know, makes that thirty second uh, turn, and uh, it just, it's, it's very exciting. Um, of course, the male dancer, the lead in this, uh, Prince Siegfried, we have Sterling Baca returning to us. He is phenomenal and just, just a wonderful person to be here with our company. He actually uh, is a, an instructor also. He's on the faculty of the School of the Philadelphia Ballet, which formerly was Pennsylvania Ballet. Um, he's been a principal dancer there since 2016. And um, he participated in our summer intensive at, at Pofal Studio this summer and taught 
our our students and it's just a wonderful person um that we enjoy and then what he brings to the stage and to his uh performance of Prince Siegfried with Carla they have a, a wonderful um what do you call it a partnership because the, they are performing in this this uh, role and we really uh it it's exciting to have his um you know just having his professionalism from another company come in and mesh with ours and it just truly enhances the performance so it's it's not to be missed how dare he think he can take my place you know carla was my partner in dancing with the stars uh, yeah how uh, dare that man think he can take my place <laughs> oh boy well. you know, i i just sitting here jealously listening yeah uh, yeah no no kidding she was my partner low those many years ago my golly i've lost track of time but uh we uh we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and, you could have uh, been Prince Siegfried. <laughs> pardon me? You could have been Prince Siegfried. That's right. I could have been some big shot. You right? were her yeah. prince. Yeah, I just buried my left with my right. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun and uh we've remained really good friends ever since. We uh, we really enjoyed each other and uh I've always had a special place for her. And and she's been here, you know. She's consistently been a part of this ballet organization. She has. Yeah, she's you know, because some of these girls and men, ladies and gentlemen, they come and go and they have other companies they dance with or they visit or um, they get old, you know. And, well, and, but they know. do continue to grow and evolve. And as you mature as a dancer, um, you learn, you add different layers to your performance. So something, a younger dancer is thinking probably more about steps and then kind of technical ins and outs. That's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. The, the, that's fine. I can identify <laughs> with that. Okay. Yeah. So they, they will add, um, you know, again, a deeper emotional connection with the role they're portraying. And that really transcends the stage. The audience feels it. Um, it's what makes you follow a dancer or makes you watch them versus, you know, perhaps another one. But the beauty of Dance Alive also is it, it gives our younger dancers a chance to um, dance with the more mature dancers. And it every time they perform with them on stage, they're growing as a performer and they're learning from being with them. And again, that, that corps de ballet that you're going to see tomorrow night of all the swans, the flock of swans, they're beautiful. Um, they are a mix of our mature dancers and in Dance Alive, as well as some of our next generation um, advanced students. And it, what's the beauty of it in Swan Lake, you'll just say, wow, where did all these dancers come from? But yeah, they yeah. ours, they're, you know, have uh, wow. trained through the studio and they're just absolutely remarkable what they're achieving. So, well, you know, the thing about, um, dance too, that I've said before, mm -hmm. you tell the story with your expressions in your face. You don't use words. And Carla's magnificent at that. Mm -hmm. She can look sad. She can look pensive. She can look happy. And I think that's one of the things that kind of, uh, has stood her in good stead over the years. And she has that expressive, uh, gesture ability. Right. It seemed to me that some don't have that as much anyway, right. and that some really have it. And, um, you know, I, I've always noticed that about her because I, I'm listening to what you're saying about 
tracking a certain dancer, I always keep my eye on her, not just because once one time, you know, dancing with stars, she's my partner, but because I want to see what her face is saying. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a male dancer who's getting older now, of course, you know, Andy Aladon, who has done the most magnificent, crazy things <laughs> I've ever seen a male dancer, any dancer do, including dance on stilts. Were you around for that? Did you know about that? I saw that. That was a different color last year. Dance on stilts, you know, and fly through the air on them. Oh, he's quite a daredevil. Amazing. He he will be playing uh, Von Rothbart in this production. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, he's just, you know, dynamic on stage, no matter what role he's playing, but um, you definitely will notice him. He's, he's, he's married and just had a, a little child. Yes. Uh, with yeah. one of the other dancers. Yeah. Now, you know, I'll tell you something else about these guys. I don't know about you ladies, <laughs> but um, they're daredevils. They ride motorcycles like crazy, like I would never do. I know. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, why not? You know, right. it's another thrill for them. I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't know if that's part of what you do, uh, you know, in their young spirit or, but, you know, Andy still rides his. So, you know, he, he does wear a helmet. <laughs> they wear a helmet. Yeah. But they've been known to fly through the air and on the stage as well as on the motorcycle. Well, I was going to say that, that daredevil streak kind of does carry over in, into the dance performance, which is, is actually a, a wonderful quality to be able to tap into um, and use it. You know, in in a controlled sense. I mean, uh, you know, they they have the technique to be able to um, push and and do uh, these amazing um, executions of steps with their bodies that uh, you know really look scary to us in the audience. But uh, well, and, I'm to this, I'm to well, the point in my life where I don't want to hang go up a set of stairs without a railing. <laughs> these guys, they don't need stairs nor a railing. Right. Uh, they don't. They How don't. about the 65-year-old Chinese man? You've met him or not? Yeah, Top Gun Chu. I actually danced with him when I was performing with Dance Alive. And again, a, a remarkable person. Uh, we all loved him dearly and uh, yeah, he, and a wonderful instructor as well. So He must be 70 now. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not really sure, but he's probably up for 60. Nicest guy in the world, really. Yeah. You know, you can't tell by looking at him, and he's uh, he's up there. But man, you know, now he doesn't do the stuff obviously he used to do, but right. he still is out there. You know, he's still doing his thing. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Susan Scanella, who is the executive director of Dance Alive National Ballet, and wears many, many hats, as many people do who are associated with this organization. Um, it's really a community effort and a whole big partnership among the board. Uh, uh, the trustees, the board of directors, and uh, the instructors and the people. Let's talk for a moment, Susan, about what this does for kids. People don't quite understand, perhaps, how many people take dance who will never be dancers, but they take dance because they learn discipline. Right. I got that right? Yeah. <clears throat> and it, it's it's great. Um, it teaches, uh, you know, responsibility, discipline, Um it's it has challenges and, and rewards though because you master a step and the feeling and builds confidence um and there's great um often you know, a team sense if you will there's team building 
um, where when you uh, are doing, again, like in Swan Lake, the four little swans, they function as one unit. Um, and that's kind of the ultimate team building exercise right there. Um, but it really, watching the growth of the students, um, I'm not involved with the studio on a day-to-day basis, but, you know, just popping in. And I just love when you walk in the door of the studio and, and you've, you've been there, there's this just unbridled energy of excitement um, and you know, they, you can just see these, they're like little sponges learning everything and they're, they're just, uh, it's just very fulfilling. And, uh, but the opportunities that Dance Alive Junior Company Next Generation provides the students, um, it's an absolute training ground for them taking the next step if they want to be a professional dancer and or, you know, what they learn from the world of dance just transcends whatever they do in their life. Um, and they were kind of, we're growing the future dancers of tomorrow, maybe future dance instructors, but really it's character building, um, and just really creating good citizens of, of tomorrow. So, um, they, the lessons they learn, uh, by being a, a dance student or a member of next generation or, having the opportunity to perform with Dance Alive um, really, um, you know, just transcends definition, um, but it will enhance and enhance their lives forever. Let's go over and talk about the fundraiser we'll have in spring, which has gotten bigger and bigger every year. And uh, I know you're involved in that too. I, I just, I'm amazed at the people who come out from the community who want to be in the Dancing with the Stars. I mean, um, I know one gentleman who's in has bought five tables I won't mention his name, but uh, you know he obviously wants to be seen, right? <laughs> he wants right. to get he wants to get a lot of support. That's what we need, guys. Buying five tables and and um, fabulous. It's a, heck of, it's a heck of an event. So, what can you tell us about the latest uh, developments on that? Well, um, I do want to give a shout out to our wonderful co-chair Susanna Petty and Tara Blythe, um, and they have been instrumental in kind of recruiting this. A great group. I think we have 20 dancers. Wow. Stars, and, and 15 of them were at the Meet the Dancers event that we had at the Cade Museum. And that was the night that their reveal with their stars, their matching, if you will. So that was fun and exciting to see who's going to be dancing with whom. Um, and they will start their uh, training very shortly. And like I said, we do have one uh, star contestant that has already uh, just rallied uh, a cheering section, uh, five tables. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're just like, wow. Uh, kind of his, his mojo is I'm in it to win it. And that's what we're <laughs> It's just, um, just a minute to win it. I love it. Yeah. So, so we have, uh, so, uh, the champagne gala is our, uh, largest fundraiser has grown over the years and has moved around, but it will be at legacy park, a multi, um, purpose center. And that is in Alachua and it will be March 30th. It's a Saturday night, uh, starts at, I think it's like five thirty. I'm sorry, I'm like, uh, like that, yeah. on the time. Um, yes, 5.30. Like 
I am confirming that now. Um, and let's see, we have, uh, there'll be a live and silent auction and we will have Spurrier's Gridiron Grill catering. So we're very excited to have them join us this year in that aspect. Uh, Garden and Grace Florals will be the decor. We have our wonderful DJ Elio Piedra will be providing the sights and the sounds for us, getting us moving. And of course, Paris Dance is uh, wonderful with helping train uh, a lot of the dancers um, and providing that. Uh, Philip Marcel Photography, and we do have the tickets available. They went on sale in September, and we have a dedicated website, and it's champagnegala.org, and you can buy your tables, your tickets, and, and just know you don't have to if People are listening. You don't have to buy a table to attend. You may buy a, a single ticket, um, bring a group of friends, but uh, so individual ticket or or table. And if you are buying a single ticket, you can. There's a um, an area on the ticket form where you can say, "I'd like to sit with so and so," so you can be seated at their table. Um, but it's it's just an amazing night. Um, all of the stars will perform a dance uh, with their Dance Alive professional dancer. And but they're serious about it, too. They will be judged, and they'll be costumed, and we help advise with that as well, and lighting. And it's just a spectacular, exciting night. Our judges, by the way, this year, um, Judy Skinner, our wonderful you know, been with Dance Alive and the studio, one of the founders and Kim Tuttle's sister, she'll be a judge. And then we have a celebrity judge this year, Lisa Nimi Swayze DePietro. Um, she, DePrisco, sorry. <laughs> um, Lisa Nimi Swayze, it was Patrick Swayze's widow, uh, remarried a wonderful man, Albert uh, uh, DePrisco, and they live kind of in the Ocala area. And she's going to be a judge. And then she has, uh, her sister-in-law happens to be the international ballroom dancer. Um, and she will be a judge as well. And her name is Deidre Radler. So we have um, Judy Skinner, Lisa Nimi Swayze, and Deidre Radler as our judges. So we're super excited about that. That's a big lineup. I mean, uh, you know, this, this event is a can't miss. By the way, Legacy will hold about 900 people. So. Uh, don't worry about being uh, left out in the cold. You can get in. I think, you know, uh, when we were at Rights Union, though, we busted that place. It, it went uh, limited about 500. And we busted out of there pretty quickly. So um, I don't think we're going to bust out of Legacy. I, I'm very proud of, of Alachua for recognizing the opportunity to really round out its profiles as a good life community because um, the arts are what really – set it apart, uh, in my estimation. And there are a lot of very sophisticated people in Alachua because we have the Progress Center. We have a lot of scientists there. Um, so I thought it was a perfect fit. And I'm, I'm very proud of, of the city manager and the city commission, the mayor, for picking up on this and supporting it every year. I want to make sure to give them a shout out. Right. Um, because that's sort of, you know, this it's their plum now. Um, they, they're kind of partnering in with it and, uh, it's, it's important, uh, that we have a kind of a place like that to perform in. <clears throat> Thomas Susan Scannell, we're at 9.27. Uh, we'll go to about 9.30 or however you want to keep going. If you've left anything out you want to talk about, well, I do want to cover I all the bases. 
Right. I would like to mention our outreach programming that we do, which serves the community of Gainesville. We have um, at the Eastside Rec Center, we have Dance About, which is um, for ages, uh, I think it's the K through, um, I think, middle school there. And our Dance Alive dancers are actually the instructors for Dance About. And it doesn't require any formal training. They go in and they teach some basic steps. And it definitely has a focus on fun, but while learning. So they are learning dance steps. And um, and then we have a senior moments class also in Gainesville at the Oakview Park. And then we have our Dance About Outreach in Alachua, which is part of the partnership with that wonderful city. And uh, Dance About there, the class has been uh, the turnout. They had over 40 kids wanting to um, participate. So that's been a wonderful turnout. And um, we have that at the multi-purpose center. And then we also have dance about in Ocala at the Mary Sue Rich um, center. And that also has um, the children's age group. So we do reach out to the community. Um, we're very much into growing again, future audiences for dance and really to serve the underserved kids that may not be able to go into a studio setting. And a highlight the children um, have at both the Ocala and the um, Alachua dance abouts, they will actually perform, uh, they'll learn a dance and perform it with the Nutcracker performances that we have at the Riley Center for the Ocala children. And we have a special performance of the Nutcracker at the Multipurpose Center in November. And um, the children have a chance to do that. And we uh, have matching t-shirts for them and it's a real highlight for them. So we really, you know, provide and instill love and joy of dance and um and get to serve the community as well so growing um you know the again just our future audiences serving the community and uh really representing you know the arts in Gainesville is it's really our well the whole the whole area Lachua County because the Lachua County Tourist Division puts mm-hmm. money into the um Dance Alive National Ballet Absolutely. so it's uh it's really the whole county and actually, it's Marion County, too, because we have uh, made uh, relationships there. And one last thing we can talk about, this ballet travels as well to a number of places. Right. Um, so we will be performing uh, mostly Nutcracker is what we uh, the primary touring um, ballet at this time. And we will uh, perform it up in Alachua. So that's not that large of a a trip. But we'll also be going to Oxford, Mississippi, to the University of Mississippi Performing Arts Center. Um, It will also tour to Newberry Opera House in Newberry, South Carolina. We'll also tour uh, down to the Villages and perform uh, Nutcracker at the Sharon. And uh, also we have three um, evenings of the Nutcracker at the Riley Arts Center in Ocala. And then we also, I think, will be performing um, one of our other uh, mixed repertoire ballets. I think it's Loveland at Panama City, and that will be in the spring. We'll also be uh, performing Giselle at the Riley Arts Center. And then I think there's a school show um, down in Fort Lauderdale this year as well. Well, that's a magnificent presentation, Susan. We're lucky to have you. And uh, every time... I'm around you, even though we're not in the same room together. Uh, it's always greatly enjoyable. Uh, love your energy and 
perkiness and uh, enthusiasm for what you're doing. And we're really lucky to have you. We're going to clip this off as a separate half hour part of the show. Um, and our production will get to it. They have a lot of things to do it. Maybe take a day or two. But we'll ship that to you and let you spread this around and um, advertise the show. And I don't know if we'll get it in time for Swan Lake. Maybe Zach can do that. Swan Lake is tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, we might be able to get it. We'll see. Anyway, thanks so much, Susan, for stopping by the Ward Scott Files. We'll be right back in a moment with the weather. Stay tuned. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Thursday, November the 16th, come celebrate the release of our Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, Lugo's Risky Run. This exclusive release features a special spread of our farm-to-table food, rum cocktails, raffles, and a meet and greet with me. Each ticket includes a bottle of Spurrier's Single Barrel Select Risky Run. And I'll sign the bottle if you'd like. So get your ticket before they sell out at Spurrier's.com. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here. And... Forge Weather, brought to you by Lewis Oil, Fossil Fuel, Chevron Stations. 
Well, 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 we got delightful weather here. We got 84 up to 84 degrees today, about 70 degrees right now, according to the computers I'm looking at. But the big story that I want to share with you about the weather is uh, it got to be due to climate change. It can be due to nothing else. Isn't that the big be all end all right now? I mean, supposedly that's going to be the end of the world. Nothing wars or anything like that. that's not going to do it. Scientists are trying to figure out what in the heck happened to Hurricane Otis. <clears throat> it turned unexpectedly from mild to explosive in a record time. Now, this hurricane made landfall near Acapulco, uh, Mexico, about 1.25 a.m. Wednesday. And it made landfall at a peak intensity of a Category 5 hurricane with sustained winds of 165 miles an hour, almost identical to Hurricane Andrew's intensity when it came in in 1992. Now, scientists are going to have to scratch their heads about this, if not uh, uh, for weeks, for months, and they're going to have to figure out what happened here. It intensified at a nearly unprecedented level. It went from a tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in fewer than 24 hours. Now, this, what I'm reading from with AP says less than 24. I see that grammatical mistake all the time. Less is for what cannot be counted. There's less enthusiasm. Fewer is for what can be counted. 24 can be counted, so it's fewer than 24 hours. Now, it had sustained winds of up to 110 at the time they thought it was going to be a whole home kind of hurricane. But there you go. Um, Hurricane Patricia is a precedent. It set an all-time record on October 23, 2015. It was in the Western Hemisphere. It rapidly intensified from a tropical storm to a Category 5 hurricane in only 24 hours. And in just one day, its sustained winds increased by, are you ready for this, 120 miles an hour. Its highest sustained winds in Patricia were 215 miles an hour. Well, fortunately, it weakened pretty quickly on the west coast of Mexico. But these two hurricanes are linked together, and meteorologists and atmospheric scientists are trying to figure out what in the world happened. Because you can get people off guard in something like this. That's my weather for today on Ward's Weather. Scratch your head and see if you can figure that out. <laughs> well, well, well. Locally, I'm amused at something I'm reading here. Came out of the Gainesville sunset. I've got to take my time and go through this. Because, as you know, well, maybe you don't know, the Gainesville City Commission is right back on the hot seat from the legislative delegation yesterday that met at Santa Fe College. And Chuck Clemens, God bless him, said to Harvey Ward, you need to be fired or at least resign. They're going to come after Harvey Ward. 
It's not like they got the wrong guy. We've been looking at Harvey Ward for a long time. Harvey Ward is kind of a bully. I should even take the kind of off. Let me tell you a story about Harvey Ward. Moveon.org. When our co-host on Wednesday, Ted Yoho, was here, Harvey Ward behind the scenes, sickmoveon.org on Ted Yoho, and blew out of proportion a statement that Ted, being a large animal veterinarian, said about, if you want to learn about guns, I'll take you to the range and teach you. That became a red flag to the Harvey Ward crowd that this man was all for the violence that guns perpetrate on mankind. And he sicked his daughter. I only know this because I have inside information. Let's put it this way. Allegedly, let's do it that way so I can cover myself. He allegedly and her crowd from moveon.org went to a meeting and harassed Ted Yoho. Well, then the youngin wrote an article in the paper taking all these platitudes about guns and this and that one and another. <clears throat> I knew that because behind the scenes, I also got involved with some tips I got about some other things said about Ted that were really kind of threatening. And they'd been allegedly said by a couple of teachers on the campus of Gainesville High. That's all I'm going to say about that. But it was investigated by the FBI. Behind all this, allegedly, is Harvey Ward. Harvey Ward also was sitting with his same daughter at a traffic light. I heard this with my own ears and watching a city commission meeting. And he saw a bus wrap go by on a bus. The bus wrap was the advertisement for a plastic surgeon here in town. And the bus wrap had a bikini female on it. This always struck me as strange. Now, these bus wraps don't get on these buses without being cleared by a committee that checks them for appropriateness an extension of the commission. And then these guys pay out to yin-yang for these bus wraps. Quite a 250, 250,000 or something. A lot of money. Don't hold me to the exact number. Well, Harvey Ward, who was then a commissioner, practically had to put his hands over his daughter's eyes so she wouldn't see publicly a bikini female on a city bus and announced that that was the end of those types of images on city buses. Right there in a commission meeting, as my memory served me. Check it out. Check it out for yourself. Make sure I remember correctly. So you don't see those ads anymore. That was done by him. He's only an individual commissioner. The reason I bring this up, because that's going to play into this, Chuck Clemens' pronouncement about him. 
An individual commissioner cannot order a bus rep no longer appear because it, because that individual commissioner doesn't like it. It has to be a group decision. Now, he might have bullied the rest of the group into that. That's another issue. But he can't sit there on the dais and say individually, I'm had it, no more bus rides, like that. Apparently, this behavior is typical of our good friend Harvey Ward. And that he also allegedly directed the utility manager, Cunningham, to hold off on the issues of his bonds and all that murky stuff that may have, well, it allegedly cost the, the taxpayers an enormous amount of money and allegedly may be a violation of the sunshine. I say all these things allegedly. I suspect where there's smoke, there's fire. And so does Clemens. So our good partners, Jennifer Cabrera and Alonso Chronicle has written this story. Check it out. Uh, Gainesville Sunset has talked about it. The city is going to be investigated by the Ethics Committee of the state in Tallahassee. The governor can remove Harvey Ward. He's been known to do this. If you're unethical, you violate the sunshine. He can remove Cunningham. It's going to be interesting to see what goes forward from here. But that's pretty heavy. I've been watching or going to these legislative sessions for a long time. And I've never known one to be that directly confrontational with city officials here. But all these frivolous lawsuits brought by the Joe Littles and the, you know, he ought to be, yeah, he, he he's medals and everything, screws up all kinds. He's just a hired gun to screw up things. The communist former county commissioner, Robert Carl Marx Hutch Hutchison, meddling, these people filing lawsuits. They ain't doing anybody any favors. So get ready. The heat is just being turned up. And by golly, we're it who it burns is going to be a very interesting story to cover. There's more of this type of stuff goes on in this community than you know. We know a lot of it that we don't talk about. 
until we've absolutely got it documented. We brought out supervisor elections. We brought out some things about the state attorney. We got more we could go there with. Stuff about the Riker House. We've known all these things. Gainesville Police Department. We've known all these things. If you go over to the Lachua County Commissioners, what's very interesting is their reviews, in this case, of County Manager Michelle Lieberman. Now, I know Michelle Lieberman very well. I like Michelle Lieberman. But I've been cross-raised in a row with her. Back when there was the potluck supper in Hawthorne, and I got a tip that there might have been a sunshine law violation, and Robert, Carl, Marks, Hutchison, and the thin-skinned water boy, Cornell, and maybe Barley, were reported to have been at this potluck supper to try to dissuade people there from being enthusiastic about Palm, uh, Plum Creek. Well, I, I went to get information about that, public information, and I ran into Michelle Lieberman, who basically was acting as the attorney for Hutchison, Barley, and Cornell. And so I was on the radio then, and I nicknamed her the Wicked Witch. And then I had her interviewed on the radio, and she was the nicest person about it. Oh, she thought it was funny. We got along great. She appeared in the studio with a broom and a pointed hat. That's the way it really ought to be. And when Michelle, who was the county attorney at that time, decided to become the county manager, I said, Michelle, you nuts? They fire county managers. They don't fire county attorneys. But she said she thought she could help the county. Along comes the evaluations. I've always thought, well, you know, a lot of these commissioners are nutty as fruitcake. I've liked Mary Helen Wheeler. She's just a former teacher. She's always like me. I like her. I don't think she's the deepest intellect on the committee by far, but she's not a mean person. But you bump into Mary Alford, who writes that she has concerns about Lieberman's conduct, that she prioritizes certain departments over others, plays favoritism. Are you kidding me? Really? When Barley was on the doggone board, he went on his own to the Environmental Protection Department. He should have gone through the county manager, Wagner. County attorney was Wagner. The county manager was uh, oh, out of mind right now. I can't remember his name. So here... She didn't listen to old Warthog. And she's got Alfred on her case. And furthermore, listen to this. 
Alfred doesn't like Lieberman's relationship with certain developers. Developer is a dirty word in a logical county. County commissioners hate developers. The only person they hate more from time to time is the county sheriff. I don't care who the sheriff is, I hate the sheriff. They really hate developers. When I was running for the county commission, the Birkenstock writer, reporter for the Gainesville Sun, wrote, Scott takes money from developers. She did that to stain me. She did that to tip the scales against me. This is what you're up against in Alachua County. The chair, Anna Prezia, I guess is her name. She has issues with communications from Lieberman. I've been a manager. Let me tell you about these commissioners. They're like children. They have petty jealousies. They're paranoid. They have very careful. They think you play favorites. It only takes three out of five to fire you. Five out of seven with City. Gainesville, the only one. So the commission chair is on Lieberman's case, criticizing the timing for community collaborations, contracts slow, complex, serious lags in implementation. There is an art to handling these people. You've got to treat them like children. And you've got to be sure that you're never seen standing with one more than another. Because they all have their own little pet agenda. And they expect you, the manager, to cater to it. And if you don't, they'll write bad evaluations on you. Now, this is only two out of five. You follow me? It's only two out of five who are complaining about Lieberman. All it takes is one more. Chuck probably never will. Cornell, the thin-skinned water boy, Mini Mike, got to watch him. Got to watch him. He is in behind the scenes, which we cover from time to time. 
involved in more? Well, a lot of it would have come out in the boss art deal if they hadn't shut it up. If uh, Kramer hadn't gotten involved and shut it down after he caused it, after he criminalized the civil matter, cost the people enormous amounts of money and angst, then it settles it. So, welcome to the world. Welcome to the world of politics. But you got to be very careful with these commissioners. Now, if it were not for the intervention of Chuck Clemens and Keith Perry, Harvey Ward would be scot-free. But we're going to see where that goes. That is a very interesting developing story. Trust me. Have a great day. Warhol Command Center out.